Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I got a Again, with your, Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, tell your own podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm your host, Mark, here with my producer, JP. How you doing, Jay? Yeah, that's me. I'm JP. You like it? <laughs> Chris, how are you today? Chris is, is joining a, us. No. Well, I'm doing good. I, I almost wish I had a name as cool as Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. Yeah. All right. Well, Bonjour. that's fine. Anyone can come up with a cool alias. Oh, yeah. Mark, what's yours? Wayward Intellect on Instagram. Follow, like, subscribe. It's my personal account. So it's really only for uh, for really close uh, associates. So follow at your own risk. But while you're at it, follow us on Instagram at my family thinks I'm crazy. Follow and- us on OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com slash Wayward Intellect. That's not a real address. Don't look that up <laughs> at all. Ever in your whole life. Never even consider that. Jameson has his own OnlyFans sites that we won't plug on the show because this is a family-friendly podcast. Anyways, um, like I was saying, go visit our website, www.MyFamilyThinksI'mCrazy.com and then... Go down to that support button, click on the Patreon button, become a patron, or you can go to patreon.com slash MFTIC. You can join one of the tiers. You can sign up for $2, $5, $6, $8. There's all kinds of tiers with all different rewards. And I'm just weaving back and forth. I'm ready to start this episode. I'm excited. Today we have the Grimerica show joining us. Our brothers from up north have been listening to their show for possibly two years i gotta go on patreon and check because i've been supporting their show because they really do the value for value model better than anyone else so please go to grimerica.ca or grimerica.com and check out all the awesome stuff that darren and graham are doing they got a new podcast the grimerica outlaw and if you're not up on that yet get with it man the big tech lords are coming for us, so we got to weave, duck, and dive and come up with strategies to avoid that. And 
If you're not familiar with all that, go listen to the newest episode of uh, Tinfoil Hat, which is featuring the Grimerica show, because they got into that. But without further ado, let's start this podcast. Enjoy the conversation, and please, please support us on Patreon. I think UFOs would be great if they show up cool, but I just, you know, there's so much other stuff that's interesting, and there's so many other things to do. I just don't have time to worry about UFOs. It just doesn't like tweak me. Unless they were like showing up and like. Well, they do. They showed up to us for us, right? We're out there meditating, making contact. They show up. Okay. If you well, want to see them? Then they're come like out showing and up know. and they're coming down and you're having conversations and they're blowing your mind with fire stories around the fire about other worlds and galaxies. Give me a call. I'm in. That sounds wonderful. You just want to skip until past then, all the work and just have the conversation. Well, until then, I'd rather read a, read a good book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the channel is more than the mainstream media. <laughs> more accurate, to be honest with you. I, I, I have a normal friend of mine at work today telling me, uh, well, look, there's more UFO headlines, right? Like, because, you know, they know that and all this. And so, and I, and I just can't. I can't even pay attention to the, the headlines or what's happening. I just don't trust any of it. Yeah. But you're totally right. We used to be the ones talking about it, and I'm, and we used to we used to be pushing so hard for disclosure. And my my idea of disclosure was just the scientific community, academia, basically, and the media, just not treating it like like it's a game, like it's like it's not real. Just legitimately investigate it. That's all I want. I don't care about the governments. Just the scientific community to acknowledge the mystery. That's all, to me, that's what disclosure is. All right, we've got Graham and Darren joining us from the Grimerica show. We're all squared away now. How are we doing over there, guys? How's, how's your day? It's, well, I'm on vacation i guess you could call it vacation i'm still working like 12 hours a day but not at work so it's a nice break <laughs> all right yeah, i'm uh-huh. doing good yeah thanks for having us on and thanks for putting up with our audio testing and all honestly guys really appreciate that we, yeah. we thought it was just gonna be real quick and uh no guys- no no it's our pleasure to have you on the show man if you you go back you'll see we've had chris knowles david matheson and uh and Alex on our show. So it's only right that we have you guys on. I mean, it, it's, I got to give you guys credit. You really inspired me to, to get off my ass and, and podcast. I remember a year ago, I joined the socials on discord back when it was still kind of running smoothly. I know now it's kind of in jeopardy, right? But our listeners have heard the tinfoil hat episode. We don't need to get into any of that. I think everybody's up to date on the podcasting 2.0 stuff, but the socials, man, like that really skyrocketed this for me because I had access to all these folks who were like-minded. I started chatting, started making friends. And I, I was working at the time. I, I was a, a Amazon delivery guy. So it was actually like slowing me down at work, like checking the chats. You know, I had like 200 packages to deliver and I'd be listening to the show and, you know, chiming in the chats wherever I could, man. And And just that realization that, oh, wait, I'm not just this one dude listening to weird stuff and reading weird books. Like there's so many other people out here who are interested in these things. And the whole thing became less weird. I mean, the title of my show is like, my family thinks I'm crazy because they really do, you know, they really don't kind of get this stuff. 
like I said, kudos to you guys because you've built a really awesome show. I think you're you're getting close to your 500th episode. Am I wrong? That'll be like what this summer that comes up, or or have yeah, you already prob- hit yeah, that? Yeah, probably. I mean, we've got we've got more episodes out in other feeds, but the main original feed, the Grimerica show, is coming up on 480, I think, right now. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 like when you meet, you know, when it's like when you meet somebody that you didn't know. I've had a couple of these where I meet a guy in real life and we start talking about these ish, these topics and whether it's spirituality or conspiracies or, you know, consciousness and all this. And you just have these great conversations and the chats has just been a, a digital um, aspect of that, like a digital manifestation of that, which is great. We have a whole bunch of people that can just talk about anything and there's not really a lot of judgment in there. I mean, there's the odd argument and stuff like that, but it's, it's all good. Usually Darren's involved. absolutely man yeah no i i am gonna say to all my listeners go to grimerica.com check out the socials but for you guys one question we always ask every guest really is is what inspired this journey what was the first thing that kind of made you realize what that this world you know something's not right you know we're being told one thing and the truth is another right that's the question i generally ask uh, our guests. And I know for you guys, Mysterious Universe was a big inspiration to get your podcast going. And you recently had Ben Grundy, right, on the Outlawed show. But before that, what was like the first kind of instance for you? Was it like the megalithic stuff, UFOs, uh, crypto, zoology? What was the, the first bridge into these subjects? For me, it was the megalithic stuff, like the especially the first season Ancient Aliens, where they went and looked at all the the old megalithic sites and Pumapuku mm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, pyramids. That's, that's my jazz for sure. Yeah. And, and then for me, I had a, I had a UFO sighting in Israel in 1990 when I was traveling through Europe and the Middle East. So it was in Tel Aviv. I was on a rooftop with a bunch of people on a rooftop hostel in Tel Aviv. And I ran up to the, I went over to the side of the roof and these, my friends were all pointing up at the sky and yelling and screaming like they saw this UFO. And I ran over there and I'm like, what, what's going on? And they're explaining that they saw this UFO do this 90 degree turn. And so I was upset and I'm looking up saying, please come back, please come back. I want to see you. I want to see you. And then I saw this polygonal shaped thing, like almost like a dodecahedron. It's yeah. probably about uh, a quarter, a loony, I guess for you guys, it'd be like a, a quarter or a dollar, a dollar <laughs> yeah. coin in size and it was just shining uh in the three-quarter moonlight and it was rotating and the halves were rotating against itself and the whole thing was rotating on an on its axis almost looked like a satellite but it was in airspace almost like the merkaba kind of thing yeah you that's have... the weird thing so it's it's like a sacred geometrical thing now that i look back on that and the, i know i know sacred yeah. geometry has been quite a theme on the show obviously that must have inspired you yeah. but but you also yeah. went to the pyramids right you, you visited the yeah, great yeah. pyramid group. yeah that was on that same trip i mean i was in i spent a month in egypt and unfortunately I, I didn't have the reverence that i should have for those ancient sites back then i mean i went to climbed a couple mountains in israel too there was a lot of stuff that i i was interested like it was good to see but i wasn't as interested in it until you know until now now i love history and i love that stuff now, considering now what you know about possibly geomancy and this kind of like uh, ley line energy, do you think that there's a possibility that your visit to the Great Pyramids had a butterfly effect on the rest of your life? You think maybe if you never visited, uh, you might not have ended up here now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, man. I, Not I just mean, the pyramids, but the Valley of Kings and the and the, the Abu Simbal. We took a, a ride all the way down past Luxor to Abu Simbal. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that the the one thing I saw recently that kind of reminded me of how mysterious this whole thing with the Egyptian complexes, even to this day, they had the flower of life burned in to that Osiris temple, right? Like with a laser almost. Has, has that been explained? I don't think so. You know, like <laughs> they're, they're telling nope. you, you know, the average scientist is trying to say, oh yeah, they just used a bunch of slaves to, to go there. You know, the average run of the mill archeologist pulls that off but you guys have inter- interviewed guys like john anthony west you know randall carlson people who are pushing this false historical narrative back and kind of breaking through to a, a, a new more conscious look at at our world and our history so what were some of the the more notable guests you've had on do you guys have like a favorite guest i don't want to single anybody out yeah, but there, maybe like a favorite theme yeah, or we just, we just talked about this the other day. It's hard to remember that. But the, the flower of life's been all over the world, too. I mean, we had uh, Tamara and um, I always say his name wrong. Um, Renee, Rennie. Rennie. Uh, they, they wrote this book called The uh, the Great Year, I think, The One Great Year. And it's about the flower of life being all over the place, too. It's like an ancient mystery uh, love story, kind of uh, yuga sort of Kali yuga type thing. It was, it's an amazing series book. I think it's a series now. Yeah. And they talked about the flower of life being all over. And then Nassim, some of Nassim's sacred geometrical work, you can see these shapes and they, they show the, like the shadow shows the flower of life. So it's really interesting that these sacred shapes that make the flower of life have been used. All over yeah. The world. So I yep. mean, some of the, some of the residence foundation guys, like they're all, they've all been fantastic. Those, those are always favorite guests. Like, the seam or um, uh, Marshall efforts. Absolutely. Well, you recently had on uh, foster gamble and I, I try, I went back and listened to thrive uh, or watch thrive. What a great documentary, man. I mean, the flower of life really becomes three dimensional when you see it as that toroid and you see how that pentagonal structure kind of is actually composed, you know, puts a kind of, thing in your mind to actually help visualize it because sometimes you hear this stuff it's it's hard to conceptualize it you know like for me I was never a mathematics wizard so sacred geometry sounds really interesting minus the geometry part you know what I mean like when when you get into that it gets a little convoluted but I think you you guys do a great job of uh, making that stuff accessible. But yeah, the Thrive documentary is great, man. The yeah. Thrive too. But speaking of uh, kind of the forbidden history, you know, ancient stuff. What do you guys think of Tartaria? Because I recently have been a little skeptical just because it comes from comes from really one guy, right? Anatoly Flamenco is kind of this guy who put a lot of this information out there. And he was doing it when Russia was a, a communist government, right? So I I have some doubts about it, but it is interesting stuff. It's just, it seems like it falls into line with the, the QAnon stuff almost. Like it's a completely internet-born conspiracy, very modern. Because 10 years ago, Tartaria, was that a theory? I mean, there's the Tartaros uh, Islands that might have been discussed briefly i think adam brought that up uh on your episode but um adam drizzy but 
yeah, what do you guys think of Tartaria? Are you are you skeptical? Are you, are you interested? What's I'm, I'm still skeptical, but also interested because I feel like our history is just uh, you know different aspects of it are opening up more and more as we learn different things. And I'm and I'm only ready for so many things at once. Like I just re- I just started reading the Book of Enoch again, and I tried it like twice before, and I couldn't really. It wasn't clicking at all. And it's so weird how these topics and these subjects and these books, like you can try them. And they, they just don't seem to dig, dig in. And now the book of Enoch, Enoch is fascinating to me. I'm actually, I'm actually grasping it. And they talk about Tartarus in there, which isn't the same as Tartaria, but it does make you wonder. Like yeah. there are some, some of this stuff does go way back. And I think there's been a Russian, like between the Viking age and, and our age, that whole Russian thing with around the Silk Road and there and all that. I mean, who, who knows what was what was happening in there. It seems like there was more advanced back then. And even Uzbekistan, like I watched this documentary, my mom and dad lived there for a few years and that seems to go way back. Like there seems to be way more history in that area that we just never learned in our Western culture. Jay, do you remember what was that city we looked up in, uh, in what was it? Kazakhstan. Have you guys heard of this? It's like the new world order city. Oh yeah. Astaria or something. It's like this, they have all these new, like weird megaliths that they built there. Not like megaliths, but it was Astana. Astana. Yeah. I, I, I want to take, is that from that project? The, the Venus project guys or something? No. That might be it. We were looking when we were looking into it, we thought it might be like a Freemason thing because there was some Freemason like symbols going on there. Not nothing against Freemasons. We're not, you know, thinking that the Freemasons are behind everything. I have a pretty complex view of them, but it is interesting that Kazakhstan only had a Freemason uh temple for only like 10 years before that city was built. So it's very interesting that those kind of correspond. Uh, in that way like they have this big brand new freemason branch over there in that country and then also they debut this weird new world order city and it it is it is in the central asia you know it's this kind of mystery like what really is hiding in the depths of russia because it's a huge country and and we still to this day don't have a very organized uh view of of what's going on there i think i think there's you been can't a lot even of- really go around uzbekistan as media like you have to get permission from the government wow. you can't just go around and do anything you want around yeah and, and all my that mom, when my mom and dad lived there they said you could tell Amer- americans or canadians were there because they'd look you in the eye like the russian people were just they would look down they, there was a lack of eye contact with with those people that had been you know oppressed for so long basically and now this opening up in the free the freedom of the West and people like uh, expats working there and stuff it it changed the culture a little bit where people were starting to you know look up and make eye contact again for example yeah well there's also you know I mean China is old is is huge and it's also like Russia you know controlled by this very suppressive government and if Tartaria really is you know true and and existed where you know, supposedly the Great Wall of China was built by Tartaria and then the Chinese kind of dynasty, whichever one it was at that time, was like, no, 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 it's ours. We built it. Don't worry about those crazy Mongols. They were just savages. And that's always the story, right? I mean, every empire paints its enemy as a savage, you know, it's kind of the the justification. I mean, uh, Darren, you're a Ojibwe 
Indian, right? I mean, we, we know what's happened here in North America. The empire came and, and took, um, you know, a great nation of people and, and turned them into, you know, living on reservations and stuff. So my question is, what do you think? Like when people say, oh, well, yeah, Tartaria existed in North America. Do you think Native Americans were part of that? Do you think that that's kind of like an appropriation? Because, I mean, coming from someone who, who, who actually is Native American, I, I'd be curious to know what you think, you know? Well, I think if, if Tartaria was coming into the into North America at that time, it seemed to be pretty pretty centralized around the St. Lawrence, I would say, you know, like, um, or the, the very Northeast anyway, like in by Ottawa, things like that, kind of yeah. as far as you can get if in, with boats from the ocean. And I mean, there's some cool stuff down in Mexico that I suppose the Spanish people probably could have built. Um, I don't know. I think there's some, there's definitely some explaining to do on why the Romans were achieving things that, that seemed godlike, you know, 1500 or 2000 years later. Um, Absolutely. What happened there? Because I don't know. I find it, I find it hard to believe that they could just degrade to the level that they couldn't do it anymore, you know, at all. But maybe that's possible. But I don't know. It seemed like no. I mean, we have evidence. At the end of end of something. Yeah, we well, we have. I look at the Great Wall. I look, you know, towards the kind of shit the Romans were doing. The Romans built a wall across England for fuck's sake. Absolutely. Yeah, we have the aqueducts, which stand out as a still to this day a marvel of engineering. So there's certainly a lot. And what I've learned through my research with the Roman history is there's so much propagandizing going on because the Romans really mastered this kind of rewriting of history in their favor. You know, anytime you had a new emperor come in place, he would go and say the last emperors were shit. I mean, look at how Nero is portrayed. Nero is portrayed as this awful, awful, awful person, human being of the worst capacity but then there are some historians who are less heard who say Nero was one of the only emperors who actually cared about his people so when you when you look at that contrast you think you have to wonder like well are people saying that Nero's a bad guy because they're rewriting history and they don't want people knowing that the empire <laughs> it, it could serve them the way Nero did you know like they want to erase those kind of guys it almost look, sounds like Qaddafi in Libya, right? Exactly. And what did they do? They shoved a sword up his rear end, you yeah. know, it's a, or whatever they did to him. Shame I mean, we saw it and he died. Oh, it's miserable. Yeah. It, it and, really and I remember is. hearing the conspiracies about that back then and I, I wasn't quite ready for them back then. I was like, really? People are saying he's a good guy and this and that. And then, but then now I, it's way easier to accept that that was all fucking propaganda. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, there are interesting threads to follow there. I'm still just getting into it. But, oh yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I mean, the, the other part about that is, is China. I didn't get a chance to talk about this with Ben Grundy cause he went, he went off on China and on one of our Grimerica outlawed episodes, but China's been like, it's the culture that's been together. I would say the longest, right. I mean, from for thousands of years, they've been, apparently they've been, you know, one culture in a way, like they, they, now they have, a, you know, this ultra modern culture, like pasted over top their ancient one, but they've, they've sort of been untouched compared to most of the world. You'd think. 
I don't know. The Mongols fucked him up pretty good. <laughs> yeah. There, there and is. Who knows? I mean, it's tough because China got like a rewrite this century or just last century. So we don't really know what happened before that. You know, like when you get into Tartaria, then the way I look at it is I look at it as kind of the same sort of thing as, as Atlantis, maybe like this sort of weird global super civilization like we are today. We're probably like a super, super civilization compared to what we've had in the past in a lot of ways. But it looks like Atlantis was probably some sort of, you know, ice age civilization spread out over somewhere in the Atlantic or people were thriving. Something happened and that went away. And then, but it seems like maybe there's a chance that some of that knowledge uh, survived and became, um, you know, Gobekli Tepe, the it's it's almost like the pyramids too the pyramids seem to be it's like you can look at a slide in technology maybe and and let's just forget about atlantis altogether and just talk about um what we know and we got sort of the pyramids where whenever they were i don't know if i buy the conventional date but you've got the pyramids which kind of slide down into uh, uh rome and stuff like that which slide down into like Greece and, and places like that, which I would argue you see a clear degradation of some sort of uh, technology over... And infrastructure. Well, the technology is the infrastructure. It's probably some sort of geopolymer, some sort of concrete. It seems like by the Romans, we know it's concrete in a lot of ways. I think the Romans were still pulling off some other concrete that... We're not sure, but I mean, these motherfuckers are building roads and walls and stuff all over the place on mass, wherever they go, they're building roads. So they're doing the concrete thing like crazy. And I would say they're at the tail end of that, that technology. Then the, the Greeks, I mean, the, the Greeks are doing some beautiful things. The Romans are doing some beautiful things. I think the Egyptians are doing some crazy things, <laughs> but they're doing it in a, in a way that we don't even know it's concrete yet. Absolutely. Well, some people are saying it's not geopolymer, a lot of that stuff. Well, a lot of people are saying that, yeah. And there seems to be, I mean, and there seems to be, there's like fucking uh, worries for a lot of it. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you raised this point, Darren, because my, one of my also kind of, that's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Scott from Truthzilla just interrupted (laughs) the podcast. It's all right. It's an honor. It's okay, Scott. He's trying to get Bishop Larry Gators on the show. Sorry, Scott. But um, anyways, so the the thing that I really like about what you said is it kind of gets at the the actual physical craft of what they were doing. And, And one thing that I've always noticed is, right, these secret societies, knowledge is power. So these kind of building techniques were seen as a a powerful thing, right? If you knew how to build these arches the right way with these golden ratios and all the numbers, this is information that got passed down through these secret societies, these guilds, right? And the Roman Empire was no different. They had their secret groups. So when these things change hands, in the shadows like this, oftentimes, you know, we have the mystery schools who arguably were a good 
thing for humanity. And then the Roman Empire, which arguably a bad thing for humanity. And then we move into the Dark Age where a lot of this stuff is lost, right? And a lot of people say like, well, the Dark Ages, nothing really happened. They're just oppressive you know, rulers and, and serfdom. And, but my thought is, well, all this stuff was obviously preserved in the secret societies. So as a secret society today, whether it's Freemason or Rosicrucian or what have you, wouldn't it serve them to create some kind of Tartaria myth to kind of throw the stink off of their own work and say like, hey, look at all this unexplainable arch architecture. Like who could do this? Who could do ever do that? Well, obviously we don't know because they keep all of that special architecture secret. They always have. So that's one of the things I think are, are keeping me from diving headfirst into believing in Tartaria, but still, like you said, interested in researching it, certainly. Isn't there a couple of things that might, that might break that open that might be a deal breaker, like the Pompeii part of that? Like, wasn't there something that happened with Pompeii that proved that it wasn't such a recent, uh, or, or was it the opposite of that? That it was more recent. I don't know. Pompeii was pretty recent. There. Yeah, but I think there was something that showed that it, there was some stuff buried that was from Rome back then. In Can't Pompeii. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I thought I seen something that Pompeii might have been like 1600. Yeah. So okay. that's where I yeah. was going with that is because if you take a look at the Roman system in general, I mean, you're basically looking at what we're using today for governance. Yeah. Like yeah, no. if you look at the later stages, like the U.S. system, the democracies we're using, all of them are sort of built on that Roman thing of this weird sort of oligarchy where all of your so-called officials are usually rich people appointed even like, I mean, in Canada, senators are still appointed. I, I don't know what happens across the pond in the States. I think you vote on them apparently. <laughs> originally you didn't originally they were appointed if you if you vote on them it's only in the last 70 or 80 years that that's happened originally they were appointed same as here so you kind of look at this roman whatever the fuck as being the blueprint for modern day society which, it's just hidden now which which you could kind of take as okay whatever tartaria is you have uh, some sort of cataclysm it would, is the argument, I think. Like we got hit from a rock from space or something happened and we have these mud floods and it fucking wipes out civilization, which has happened in the past. I mean, Doggerlands disappeared. We got Randall Carlson's impacts that rose the sea levels by four or 500 feet, probably caused the middle of the Atlantic to go down by up to a mile. Um, so it's not unprecedented for these sorts of things to happen. So what would it take for a budding civilization to sort of get wiped out, especially if it's sort of a seafaring coastal type civilization? Too much carbon dioxide. Or a rock <laughs> from space that sort of wipes out everything. And then you got some people that fucking take over the place, probably the Vatican. Yeah. Uh, well, they we have Alexandria and they start over and they write some books and they fake some history and okay, this is how Rome failed and this and that. And Absolutely. Blah, 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 and you sort of play it out. And then, so everyone's sort of okay with sort of having these weird sort of autocracies that we have or oligarchies that we have all over the world. Everyone's sort of okay with it. Cause it's, it's sort of, you know, what we've been doing. It's civilization. It's the thing to do. <laughs> it's Western civilization. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would say there's evidence, ample evidence for these coastal civilizations that, you know, the Greeks 
came from the Phoenicians. They say they learned a lot from the Phoenicians. The Phoenicians were seafaring, right? We have the Canaanites who are seafaring. There's towns in Connecticut called Canaan, like co- coincidentally, you know, I've always wondered about that. And you you mentioned previously the whole St. Lawrence River thing. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on in New England as far as strange, weird, out of place artifacts, you know, and, and there's also some debate on the whole, what is it, Oak Island? Uh, that's in that's down in uh, the Carolinas, but there's a what the place where they uh, the Templars might have landed on shore, like somewhere near Massachusetts or Rhode Island, right? So there are these discrepancies, and and what I know about Pompeii is that the Romans relied on Pompeii for their supply of wine, right? Because it was a very very fertile very fertile ground because of the rich volcanic soil. So all the best wine came from Pompeii and Rome was practically in shambles because they, you know, according to scholars, right, we're talking about mainstream crap here, but according to scholars, you know, Roman, the average Roman drank wine every day. So they were, they were drunk, you know? So when Pompeii happened with this volcano, it was a disaster. They had to figure out where they were going to get their wine from, you know? So there is, there is historical evidence to show that Pompeii, you know, is on that Roman timeline, but who's to say, you know, whether that timeline ended in the 1600s and they had to create 800 years to fill in this kind of like weird dark ages gap to make up for this rewritten history that's that's kind of what I th- I know about the the Tartaria thing and uh, or you push it back and it actually happened you know a couple thousand years ago and it, but it's some sort of cataclysmic event that completely wipes Rome Rome's yeah. global global for lack of a better word civilization off the map and maybe at that time Rome's dipping into places like North America and stuff like that maybe it's more it's bigger than we think it is. Absolutely. So another big theme, maybe to not switch gears, because this is semi-related, but another big theme for the Grimerica show is entheogens, right? Entheogens are obviously different psychedelic drugs. And and one person that we're going to have on the show soon is Chris Bennett, who's wrote about the history of cannabis, right? Going back all the way to the Bible. Have you guys heard anything about this, about the whole cannabosum thing and how they might've been using cannabis oil as the, uh, as the anointing oil? I haven't heard the, the cannabis oil part, but I've heard they've found actual evidence of cannabis yeah. going back that far. Yeah. I would I would love to put you guys in touch with with him because he's yeah, yeah. really interesting, Chris Bennett. But yeah, what um what are some some of your favorite drug historical pieces of information that you've learned over the years? Maybe like something concerning ayahuasca or peyote or uh, what they got over in Siberia, the the mushroom, the fly mushroom agaric. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not sure about that. What do you think, Darren? I think probably the most interesting thing is the ayahuasca story about how yeah. it, how the if you ask the the indigenous down there how they figured out because you can't just chew it, make some. It's a very specific potion you have to make to get the DMT and the ayahuasca to activate because of your mono inhibitors, mono inhibitors. So they have to mix in some uh some sort of plant or root that shuts down the mono inhibitors inside your body 
and then some other vine that has the actual DMT in it. And when they do that, it allows it to become orally active. And when you ask them how they figured that out, it's always, well, the plants just told them that. Yeah. This kind of uh, plant entity spirit, right? Like a, like a familiar almost, but as a plant, right? Like the Jungian idea. It's yeah, which I don't think is probably not those specific plants. I think maybe it was some mushroom, personally. Yeah. Okay. Some sort of other, some sort of other plant or substance that's immediately psychoactive. That then, that then they were able to, you know, start thinking on on other levels. Now, what's your experience with mushrooms? Have you had a, a sort of a hero dose, as they say, or have you have you just kind of jumped in the water in the shallow end? What's your any any crazy trips that you've gone on in your uh, your psychedelic history, Darren? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've been all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jay here. We got to talk him into it. He says he. Oh man. He's not going to try uh, mushrooms. He says he's not never, ready yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said I'm I'm saving that experience. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's good. I haven't touched the thing in like 13 coming up on the I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not going to do it either. Yeah. Well, I support you Graham. That's fine. We don't want to <laughs> I had, encourage I had some drug use on the program too. I mean, I had some bad trips and some good trips back then. Well, I I will say I remember you were talking um, in one of your intros for I think the most recent Alex Sakaris episode. You were saying like back in the day you'd smoke weed and and you and your buddies would do this thing like that you called giving a speech, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And and that really brought to mind for me like this this feeling really i really related to that and resonated with it because when i would get high with my buddies i would just go off on these like rants about conspiracies or aliens or whatever you know and and you really get into this flow state you yeah, know and these the other day yeah i mean what do you think man i mean how how how's the flow state helped with the show like have you I guys played a huge part of it i mean i i think that those experiences I had that because we were, I was with a bunch of open-minded friends and we just shoot the shit and, and yap about all kinds of crazy stuff mm. baked, super baked. And then, but then I think that that also enables us to get in the flow state here a little bit and then just talk about whatever. But um, yeah, I think we, we probably thought about some really interesting stuff as well. It wasn't just all crazy. I mean, we used to play games like intuitive games with each other. Now that I think back, I'm like, we used to play this game where you'd guess words and try and come up with the answer. Like, but we just made it all up sort of on the fly, but it was just a fun baked game to play. Um, and, uh, and then we used to, you know, you'd, you'd end up coming back to the present and you'd be like, okay, I'm back. I'm back. Like, cause you'd go off on this and you'd basically go off into another dimension in a way. Yeah. I had that experience, but nobody to like catch me and be like, "Hey, hey, you, you come back." <laughs> They're just like, "Oh, Mark's off, uh, off again on one of these rants." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, every I, time I am curious to know because like UFOs, obviously a huge theme in the show, but really it's become such an interesting thing in conspiracy land because we went from being the only people talking about UFOs to almost feeling like a little uh, cautious now to talk about UFOs because look at all these governments endorsing it. I mean, it, I don't know if you guys heard about the, um, 
this thing that got written into one of Trump's bills that guaranteed uh, disclosure in 180 days. And then you have the guy in Israel coming out saying that, oh, Trump knows about the UFOs. Trump knows about the Alien Federation, the Galactic Federation. And Whoa. when I heard about that, it reminded me of this book, which I know you guys like books, uh, Urantia, right? The Urantia book, right? It's this weird book from the 1800s. It was like channeled by some person. And uh, it has information about this Galactic Federation. And I thought that was so wild because it's like, all right, people in the 1800s are using the term Galactic Federation. Where, you know, where I love did you get that from? Yeah. Yeah. I think I had that book in here, but I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I would recommend buying it because it's it's like having the physical copy just because it almost comes off as like a technical manual for the universe. Yeah, like yeah. it really it really feels like they go through human history and almost in a Mark Booth secret history of the world kind of way, wow. they they show you some spiritual underpins which I'm very skeptical about the channeling stuff, to be honest. I don't know how much validity I'd put in modern day channelers, but what do you guys think about I, channeling? I, I mean, lately, I believe the channelers more than the mainstream media. <laughs> well, more accurate, to be honest with you. I, I, I have a normie friend of mine at work today telling me, uh, oh, look, the more UFO headlines, right? Like they're, because, you know, they know that we're into all this. And so, and I, and I just can't. I can't even pay attention to the, the headlines or what's happening. I just don't trust any of it anymore. Yeah. But you're totally right. We used to be the ones talking about it and I'm, and we used to, I used to be pushing so hard for disclosure. And my, my idea of disclosure was just the scientific community, academia, basically in the media, just not treating it like, like it's a game. Like it's like, it's not real, just legitimately investigate it. That's all I want. I don't care about the government's, just the scientific community to acknowledge the mystery. That's all to me. That's what disclosure is. But now I just don't, I don't even, I don't even trust any of it. I don't care. I'm kind of just playing the waiting game. Like I'll wait and see how far it gets, you know, Yeah. how far it does get before, you know, project blue beam or some crazy shit happens like that. What do you think Darren? Darren's not into it as much, but. I don't care about UFOs. But when people talk about free energy, like it's, it's free energy is coming up a lot, right? And and I'm like, well, who's flying around in those big black triangles? I mean, somebody's using, and it's not all ETs. Somebody's using this free energy to fly around in those. I mean, that's been a now, narrative for years, and that doesn't maybe change. Maybe it's inflatable. Me, like, <laughs> it's inflatable. That all takes right. Off, that, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm One time, I was. Triangles are always slow. No, they, they go fast. They disappear like that. One time I was delivering packages and I looked up in the sky. It was around winter and I saw an upside down Santa Claus floating through the air, like one of those inflatables that people put on their lawn, but they, they must have filled it with helium because it, it sailed oh, off man, into the sky. Hilarious and I, I thought it was a UFO at first. And I, I like pulled my truck down the street to like catch up with it, but it was gone. And I realized what it was, uh, you know, putting two, two, two together. But yeah, I, I, I kind of feel the same way, Darren. I'm, I'm a little past the caring about UFOs at this point. But one thing that does bring me back is the crop circles. What do you, what do you think about crop circles? Okay. Is there, the um, I think UFOs would be great if they show up cool, but I just, you know, there's so much other stuff that's interesting and there's so many other things to do. <laughs> I just don't have time to worry about UFOs. It just doesn't like tweak me. 
And let's say they were like showing up and like, well, they do, they showed up yeah, to us for us, right? We're out there meditating, making contact. They show up. Okay. If you well, want to see them, then they're come like out showing and up we'll... and they're coming down and you're having conversations and they're blowing your mind with fire stories around the fire about other worlds and galaxies. Give me a call. I'm in. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> you just want to skip until past all then, the work and just have the conversation. Well, until then I'd rather read a, read a good book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right, there's so much around the world already that we haven't kind of discovered that, you know, why play around with the thought of, you know, aliens? Well, not even just that. that aren't just even... A good fiction. It's like I've only got so many hours in my day to worry and wonder and create and do all of these things and love, and I got to fit it all into 24 hours a day. And I just, like, between the podcast is, like, a lot of that, already i mean to be honest the podcast kind of filled that gap since we started podcasting i don't really watch tv or do fuck all anymore i just like do this and then i hunt and i fish and i live my life and i hang out with my kids and um yeah. as we hear a scream from upstairs. my kids are upstairs beating the shit out of each other right now um, Oh, so man. I guess I just, the UFOs just don't fit in there for me. I guess I just, you know, I have, I like to hear different theories on them and stuff like that. But I just, as far as disclosure or anything like that, I just, I don't care until it's like mainstream and we're using the tech and I can go to the moon or I can interview an alien. Then I'm just, I'm just busy doing other things. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, man. I, it's definitely become something like a different genre, whereas it used to be kind of a part of this genre, you know, and and it does feel like it's got so much mainstream attention that someone like me who has always just naturally been contrary to mainstream, I'm like, all right losing interest fast <laughs> you know let's talk let's talk mike clellan and the owls because i think that that's when you get into the more interesting conversation about ufos it's like are they interdimensional you know and that's something sam talks about a lot is like he thinks that we're living in a realm you know and that's another one of these modern theories that i'm very skeptical about this like simulation theory what do you guys think about simulation theory and how that fits into folks you've interviewed well, I think that there's one way or another, it's a simulation. I mean, we can argue about the nature of the simulation, whether it's some sort of weird bio effect or what it is. But I mean, the fact that the table's just a field and I'm just a field and you're just a field. And when we just keep breaking things down to the smallest level, either all of our microscopes are broken or lying to us, or there's really nothing really here. It's all just information. It's all just fields Vibration. and vibrations and things like that. So I, I think, I think whether, as far as in my opinion, anyway, whether or not it's a simulation is is not is not part of the discussion anymore. It's what kind of simulation is it? Is that nature of reality just a simulation? And is it a function of a cell for a cell to like function properly? Does it need to simulate some sort of weird further existence? Um, you know, am I just a cell inside some greater being that needs some sort of meaning so that I can go on, you know, is it just meaning built in or is it on the hard drive of some super civilization playing out different, different things? I mean, whether or not it's those things, I don't know, but if, if there's any truth or any, any real, real science in, in the nano stuff, 
and the quantum stuff, then I think it's unquestionably reality is projected on some level. And when you get into the metaphysical stuff, it's sort of co-created by everyone all at Yeah, once. the magic and the manifestation of it, just being able to tap into that and you know, make things happen, really. I think you can make a non, non-metaphysical and a, and a metaphysical argument for a simulated universe. Absolutely. I mean, like even the we, fact that just your eyes are putting things together, right? Like you can watch mm. a TV that's actually flickering a thousand times a second and the lights in your house are flickering 10,000 times a second. And you can sort of subtly manipulate the human experience digitally. And your eyes and take out your nose so that you can see perfectly. Yeah. Well, that's for people who have a big nose like you and me, Jay. Dude, but <laughs> my nose I don't is think so everyone big. has that uh, has that function, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that the the interesting way to tie it back is like with the Thrive documentary and the synchronicities. It's like simulated or not, metaphysical or not. There's this inherent connectivity between all points of space and time and and light and and what have you and and what you know considering the eyes like what do you think about this whole spectrum of light that we can't see i mean this is where we go when we dream that's what i think you know this is where we go when we when we die you know our our soul vibrates in those higher frequencies that our eyes don't catch in everyday life and you know that that explains to me a lot i think but science is 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 catching up what do you what do you guys think of of science today i mean you guys interviewed rupert sheldrake back in the day and for me that was a big one because i remember reading rupert sheldrake's book and then seeing him on your podcast and being like oh wow i can find all these authors on podcasts you know like this was back when i first found podcasts and i kind of put two and two together and then i found like mark booth and and then you guys did the uh the secret teachings of the ages audio book, which was fantastic because I've always just skimmed through that book and found cool spots and, and focused on little parts, but to get it in audio book form was a blessing. And really, I think it, it turns a to turn a book into this kind of podcast format that people like us are more comfortable with is, is really cool, man. But that's uh, great. Man. I'm glad you let, I'm glad that's resonating with you. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm packing so much information into these like points because I'm I'm trying to ask you a question, but I'm also That's super okay. excited that you're here. So back, back to my back to my question, uh, if I can. Scientism. Even, yeah. What What are your thoughts on on this like science world that we're living in? Without getting into the vaccine stuff, because I know you guys are hammering on that subject, and I'm yeah, fully 100 exactly. with you on all that stuff. Dell Big Tree, Doctor Shiva Iyer Day. So we don't need to get into all that. The listeners are are with us on that. I wonder how long science has been this corrupted. Like I, I when I read the Madame Blavatsky book uh, in the <laughs> 1800s, she was railing against materialistic science. Like, yeah. And, and also the spiritual aspect too. So there was a middle ground back then on, on not religious and not scientism, but this whole middle spiritual ground. And, and I, I was surprised to see them talking so much about the materialistic paradigm and how it's just wrong and it's ruining things. And, and now look at where we are now with the complete corruption of science and the papers and the, and the wildest media, thing, the media and the institutions. I mean, it's, it's a disaster. Yeah. And some of the most notable people in science were 
people who practice alchemy and metaphysical things like, you know, Johannes Kepler and all these different, you know, astrophysicists and chemists of the early, you know, 18th, 17th, 19th centuries, they were all interested in alchemy. They weren't just focused on the materialism. And there was this kind of transition in the early, you know, 1900s and late 1800s into more materialistic. And I think that's mindset. I mean, I think that the secret societies and you know it, they're not materialistic. They believe in higher powers and deities and all this stuff, polytheism or whatever you know, religion you want to pick and call that, but they don't believe in materialism, but they want us to believe in materialism. They want everybody else to follow this materialistic cult. But when can we say that science is gone? Because now one side of it is completely censored off of all the big tech platforms. You can't even talk about studies or truth, but you can hear the lies and see the lies. So how, what is science even doing for us now? Where's the skeptical people now? They're not fighting UFOs or ghosts. They're, they should be fighting this this big tech censorship and the suppression of real science and real data. Like it's, 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 it's completely bizarro world right now. Absolutely. What happens when science is for sale. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As soon as you get loads of money involved into everything, it's, it's just, it's a mess. I don't know how yeah. you solve that because I don't want state science either, but you know, <laughs> yeah, we have, we don't, it used to be that, you can you can set your the civilization seemed to be in the past abundant enough that people could just sort of ex, uh, commit their lives to for the greater good because I think I mean shit if we had science working in the right directions they're just not working on bullshit these days and and a lot of fields that you're not hearing about or not focusing on or the media will never tell you about science is making amazing leaps and bounds and I mean. You know, there's a ton of stuff that even on the medical side that's coming through that's fucking groundbreaking. 3D printing organs, curing blindness, curing deafness. All this stuff is possibly, you know, in our lifetime, if not in our kids' lifetime. And I guess sometimes we just sort of lose sight of that in all the bullshit. Yeah. See, now that rings a bell for me because... Jay and our other co-host who's not here right now often tease me with this whole techno transhumanist brain in a jar thing. So the idea of having yep. a 3D printed organ, I wonder, like, do you think that that's something that potentially might have a spiritual consequence on the human body? I mean, knowing what you know about consciousness and all these things, do you think that an organ can be built by a machine and, and then that could replace a machine? organ built by the human body and the human genome i think if we can transplant them then yes at a cost <laughs> yeah I, transplanting hearts and lungs and livers and i mean i got my buddy's my buddy's wife just got fucking two kidneys transplanted like two weeks ago yeah so i mean i think if you can do that then i mean there's probably i don't know you probably can't transplant a brain but I mean, shit, we even replaced hearts. And there's some weird sort of stories around some of that, but I I haven't heard. I think that's his, that's his point. There's not this going back of like intense regret over organ transplant. Like if an organ carries some sort of consciousness with it from its donor, what happens when one comes from the lab and it doesn't have that? Does it gain that from somewhere? 
It's like the same thing. We it's gonna it's gonna come from cells, though. So I think my understanding of it is gonna come from your cell. But then, with that point, would you would you then eat a synthetically formed burger that was made from by the same coin? You know, the cell of a living bovine (laughs) or a cattle? Would you eat? You know, find out. Yeah, because I mean that would be essentially the same thing, right? You're creating an organic. On some level, you're. I mean, you're already eating a bunch of weird. Oh yeah, I mean, like fucked up shit every single day. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I just that's the the point I raise though, because I'm I'm curious to know, you know, if eating uh, something that never had an organic life has an effect on you the same yeah. way maybe transplanting an organ that never had an organic beginning you know would maybe have that same but who knows i mean maybe once the organ gets in there the spirit envelops it and it becomes a part of the whole like or maybe yeah, as soon my... as it's made it's taken over by a spirit i mean we talked about That's we talked about this with some of these yeah. with some of these guys these uh, Jim Elvidge and uh, one of the other guys we talked to years ago about, and it, and it was fascinating because they talked about building a brain from scratch. And at what point does it gain consciousness? Like, does it enter? Like if you build it, it, they will come in a way. Like what if you build something that's organic enough and it, and, and it, it accepts some sort of spirit or now this is, this is like the Frankenstein thing though. Like can humans, be the creator can we and i think that's kind of like the ultimate end of alchemy in some ways like this homunculus kind of is the is the maybe more nefarious grungy kind of version of it but essentially that is frankenstein right this kind of inorganic being is given life by the way of electricity and and what is electricity but the spark of life i mean your consciousness my consciousness it's all electricity you know when you we microscope it down to the finest point these little atoms and protons they're all electromagnetically charged and yeah man i i don't i don't have any opinions either way i like to just keep the inquiry going you know because personally i'm only going to try to eat as organic of a meat as i can i worked on a uh, a really great farm this past summer really helped me stay out of a, a covid work environment you know what i wow. mean being able to like go there every friday and just have a have a nice work day on the farm and milking cows and stuff but i really think there's a difference man cuz when I pet those cows and I looked into their eyes like there's a relationship there and those cows felt loved, you know, and I really think that the milk I was drinking that came from those cows was 10 times obviously healthier because it wasn't pasteurized, but also healthier because these animals were in a loving situation. You know, they had a bond with the people that were milking them. So legal. It's filled with love. It's so healthy. It's not legal. Up here. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's it's barely legal here. You know, we're you're only allowed to buy it from certain stores and and directly from the farm. You know, and and yeah, it's it's incredible that something that's sacred in some countries is illegal here. You know, yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot too. Darren sort of started hunting, and he's got a whole bunch of meat here and he kind of started living off of uh off of his own you know his own self instead of buying a lot of the stuff and i awesome. i started trying the carnivore diet about five five six weeks ago i guess now so yeah i really kind of just cut out all that other crap and just eat 
animal products only right now and it's been pretty good lost yeah. like 20, almost 20 pounds and 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 to Darren's point, you know, with all these chemicals in the air and in the food and in the water, we got to do our best to get our food from the cleanest source possible. You know, like you guys recently had Matt Landman on. I love that Frankenskies documentary. I think that was a really awesome, you know, thing to put together. Aerosol sprayed aluminum, you know, fluoride in the water. What are some of the topics you guys think you're going to be getting into on the outlaw? Do you guys have anything coming up in mind? Anything, any plans for this new, more uh, you know, uncensored kind of podcast? Yeah, we're going to hit uh, vaccines a little bit more, um, uh, vaccine injuries, that type of thing, uh, pushing back against the government a bit more. Yeah. Sort of those types of the censorious topics right now. Very cool. Yeah, anything that will get us kicked off YouTube. <laughs> That's the target. Yeah, we got to get you guys in touch with Dr. Shiva. You ever seen Dr. Shiva? You might, yeah, I think yeah. you were on, were you on the Union of the Unwanted when he was there or? No. No? no? Okay. Uh, we had emailed back and forth a long time ago, but then he sort of dropped off. Yeah, man, you send me your email list. That'd be great. Oh, brother, of course. Yeah, anytime you guys see somebody that i've booked i'd be happy to give you their email address but That'd be great. yeah man and vice so the other thing too. the other thing we're doing is we are putting some stuff on rockfin now too we're doing a video series for rockfin and right. we're going to do a, i think we're going to do a climate change global warming one we've got randall carlson lined up and a bunch of other guys we'll get like maybe jim lee one of the best researchers in weather modification and geoengineering and do some sort of like more visual podcasts for rockfin sort of like video thing yeah, and, uh, we're gonna try and put some time into that as well. We got one series starting like ancient, uh, ancient mysteries and what are, what are we calling it? Ancient mysteries and lost civilization. Lost civilization. So Randall did one on Atlantis, and then we've got Gary Wayne coming on to do giants and bloodlines and ooh, now that like Tartaria. And, yeah, uh, and uh, Hyperborea. I'd like to do one on Hyperborea as well, kind of the Norse, the Norse myths of. Of Hyperborea, which to me seems like an Atlantis thing. Like to me, maybe it all ties in together. So I've read in one book, one book, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's right here, actually. The uh, Ascension Manual by Dr. Joshua David Stone. It kind of goes into some like Edgar Sacy-esque like timelines. And they put the Hyperboreans as one of the first races and they kind of talk about them as like this proto material non-physical group of beings because the planet the universe at that time was more gaseous so their bodies were more like the way we look at jupiter right where wow. it's it's a physical body but it's comprised of a gas you know and it it has weight it has matter but it's non-material the way we understand it and to me, if we're going to look at the world from this kind of like consciousness first perspective, it would make sense that these kind of things solidified as they, you know, emanate away from source creation. You know, that's kind of how I've understood it. But yeah, the Hyperborean stuff is very, very interesting. I, I'd i be uh, curious to know what you guys think of uh, of Dave Bryant, because that episode was probably one of my favorite Grimerica episodes back oh, when yeah. you guys had him on. That was pretty crazy with the yeah, Marilyn Manson whole, stuff. Yeah. That takes that whole spiritual warfare to another level. I mean, yeah, he, he was like, he was like a legit uh, um, spiritual warrior. I mean, it was, it was, it was basically 
cutting cutting the cords in the astral plane and in someone dying afterwards right i mean it's it's uh is insane yeah that, that was quite a story man i i was really on the edge of my seat while listening to that one yeah that was one of those original original ones that are very you don't get a chance to, to have those sort of chats very often yeah yeah for sure that's that's the beauty of of your show i think because it extent for me coming from this perspective of being for, I mean, I've been a patron for maybe two years now. So like I can go back a couple of years and see like these older episodes that are just like, I don't know, they just, it, it's like nostalgic to like kind of hear the, what was going on at that point in time from you guys. And then think like, Oh, where was I back then? You know, yeah, yeah. it's really interesting, but what are you guys doing for 2021? I know you guys do the contact at the cabin. You do the, all these different uh, awesome events where fans can come and meet you guys and meet folks like Randall Carlson. What's, what's in the pipeline for that? Well, we got two of those coming up if, but we're not, I mean, they're almost a hundred percent ago i mean darren can speak more to those two things as well but we're darren's done a lot of work on the infrastructure of gray america pointing to private servers and kind of trying to decentralize and go independent as possible so we're really pushing to have more content like our regular shows going on as normal and then we're doing this gray america outlawed premium feed which we'll do like a longer episode and split it up in half and that's where we're going to get a little bit more controversial and deep and then we're reading articles in there like articles and studies on vaccines and pushing back a little bit on just doing some audio articles so people could listen to those instead of having to read for 45 minutes or an hour and then uh, we're doing the rock fin stuff so 2021 is going to be super busy for us and i don't know if you want to touch on the, the physical meetings that well yeah, there's one in april and one in may everything's sold out already but there you go everyone says go so heck yeah that's awesome man yeah i'm really happy to hear that that got going you know covid kind of put everything up in the air and nobody was sure but yeah that's awesome man i'm glad to hear that that's that's going yeah we're gonna go through with it i mean at this point it seems like it's gonna get if we don't go through with it this year next year you might need a vaccine so yeah this year you just need a mask and a piece of paper (laughs) yeah and and a test i mean i'm a little scared i don't want to go i don't want to i don't i've I've made it this far without doing a pcr test i don't want to do one yeah might no, have to just to, I might have to just to go meet some Americans and do this awesome stargazing meeting that we're gonna do. It's Sounds not the great. worst. I've had a, a couple tests already. It's not you know, it sucks, but it's not the. Chris, you yeah, but, but if if you're one of the you know six percent that test positive and you're not sick, then it's <laughs> then it's the worst. Yeah, Chris, you, yeah. Chris, you're off the show, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> The My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast cannot have someone oh, who's had the PCR test. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly against it, man. I actually, um, for a number of reasons, but mainly this reason, quit my job as an Amazon driver for for that reason. I mean, things were getting so crazy at jo- at work. They were having us line up and get our laser, you know, laser point at our forehead to test our temperature and for me, obviously, that's not like the biggest deal, you know, who cares, but it was the principle and it was also the whole job is timed. And now you're adding 30, 20 minutes to my day where I'm not delivering and it just became such a hassle. And anyways, I, I'm really blessed that I've gotten into this whole podcasting thing because I think that, you know, the the goal 
is to become independent, you know, and yeah. that's, <clears throat> that's what you guys have done, you know, obviously, you still have day jobs, but the goal is to make Grimerica your only job, right. And I think that as, uh, as human beings, we can all find something like that. If it's not podcasting, it could be anything, you know, we all have something we're talented at, and special, uh, you know, we can do it, you know, but yeah. what do you guys think about, you know, before we close out here, some advice from, you know, with all your experience and wisdom being uh, podcasters for almost, what is it, almost a decade now? Um, what do you have eight, to say? Awesome. What do you have to say to, to us guys who have uh, 20 episodes? <laughs> just just keep going. Yeah. Stick to itiveness. Excellent. Yeah, steady, steady as she goes and stick to itiveness and, and just enjoy it, enjoy it the whole time. Enjoy the journey. Like we've learned so much now. I was just thinking about talking to you guys because it really makes us think back on our show and the stuff we've learned. And, and it's just, I've got this appetite of learning stuff now. Like now I'm just fascinated by, it just never ends. It's like magic and and intention and and symbology and just every every little thing, every little thing kind of just goes deeper. I, I want to go deeper and deeper and I'm only ready for so much at a time, but it's just a great journey to, to keep, to keep learning things. Absolutely. Well, what do you think, Darren, as far as advice, keep going. I gave my advice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and sweet the to the point. Keep going. Yeah. Everybody I know just gave up. So I hear you. Yeah, man. No, we appreciate it, man. We really appreciate having you on the show for all the listeners out there. You heard what they said. You can find them on grimerica.com yeah. or grimerica.ca. Cool. Yeah, and Grim America Outlawed is our new feed. All right. Yeah, and you can find everything on their website. Stay tuned and be sure to support on the Patreon, value for value, or however you want. You guys have a lot of ways that they can donate, right? You can just send a one-time donation. You can do a monthly. So please support the Grim America show. They're putting a lot of value out there. They're putting a lot of this information out there i mean the audiobooks alone are enough to get the black budget feed that's information that you're not going to get on audible or where i mean do you get it do, is it on audible because i know you guys it, yeah have they're, they're getting they're making their way there yeah okay cool yeah, well there's, there's quite a few on there like on audible right now there's secret societies of all ages and countries volume one and two and okay a couple other spiritual books that we published on our own because they were part of the free domain cool. uh the the public domain and then there's another one coming which one's coming next secret, secret doctrine. doctrine secret doctrine is coming that was a slog like that's probably 40 50 hour book wow. secret teachings is coming it's just in final where is that final still editing. getting edited final editing and that one that's another 40 50 hour book wow. so all right so we got a bunch of those coming out too cool well jay chris you guys have any questions for our uh our guests here <laughs> oh man <laughs> i don't i i i've always been listening when i uh drive around with mark and it's just an interesting perspective to have to you know not be so in depth in the podcasting world but be able to see you know the people he shows me and the people he kind of you know looks up to and then get to meet them like like this even is just so is awesome you know it's just great to put a face to what we've been listening to for i don't know the past what 
four years, dude. We've been going on blunt rides, and he uh, puts your podcast on. So, yeah. What do you think? Do you think a podcaster <laughs> should listen to podcasts? It's almost like a guy who's in a band who doesn't listen to music. That's how I think of it. Like, I think it's good. It's just it's good to it's good to get to, all perspective. You know, it gives you perspective and practice. You know. Yeah. Well. Anyways, you guys have been real generous with your time. Yeah, definitely. It's been a pleasure talking with you again. We were on the Idiocalypse show together a couple months ago. People yeah. can go check that out on YouTube. But yeah, man, really happy to have you guys. Thank you so much for listening, folks, and have a great night. Bye-bye. Mark is bananas. Crazy. Okay, this guy's losing his mind. I'm Don't listen crazy to him. for feeling so lonely. Follow us on patreon.com slash mftic. That's patreon.com slash mftic. <laughs> <laughs>